Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. That is Jude, verse 3, and welcome back to the podcast out of Texas. Texas. We are Bridge Radio, bringing on Protestant protestant isms yeah uh isms Isms. uh uh greatest theologian scholars and interviewing them to talk about their books and uh all about theology yes so if you're new to the program please hit the subscribe button and share with your mom dad friends family cats and dogs as i always say but uh, i'm your host julio ahmad rodriguez and with me is the aw as always hello everybody how we doing today and the boss mr steve den hartog is in wisconsin with his mama spending some quality time please uh pray for his uh travels Yes. Back next week, and uh, that's always nice, right, to spend yeah. that time, especially since the holidays are, are yeah. right around the corner. Honor thy mother and father, for sure. <laughs> so, so on today's program, we're going to be bringing on uh, two co-hosts from a new podcast, mm. and their whole mission, their goal is to record sermons of our brothers and sisters, Christians, uh, uh, their, their sermons mm. from old people like Spurgeon, yeah. J.C. Ryle, George Whitfield, and I think their ministry and their podcast is unique, cool, and I don't think there's any anything like that. No. I, I would like to hear some Charles Spurgeon audio, but obviously that technology was not around, so we have to read. Uh, but these guys are bringing it back to life, right? I, I think the cool thing, too, about these guys that, uh, um, Julio, they're uh, younger guys. They are. And are excited about the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. Right. Um, so i um, super excited to have these guys on, uh, just talking about the voices of old. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and, and hopefully our worldwide audience that we have uh, are able to check these guys out and, and listen to them. And, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty cool. It is. It is. Um, all right. So um, before we jump into that, uh, the, the, the interview, mm-hmm. um, we came across a Babylon Bee article. By the way, if, for, for those who are listening, they want to jump to the interview, hit the fast forward button. That's cool. But we like to chit chat here. So yes. anyway, what was that Babylon Bee article that you <laughs> yeah, just came so across? We, so if you guys, uh, um, when you guys haven't heard is that uh, Kanye West uh, was invited uh, by Joel Olsen to to go to his church. Um, you know, we know what Joel preaches is not the gospel, uh, but it's interesting that uh, Kanye has been influenced by a lot of just reform uh, uh, preachers and theologians. Uh-huh. So this is going to be very interesting that he he got an invitation. He um, he's going to go to their su- Sunday service with his group. But Babylon B, uh, <laughs> as always, you know, got a hold of the news and they release a, a satire. And and here we go. It says that Joel Osteen leads Kanye West to top of Lakewood Church to tempt him with all the kingdoms of the earth in their splendor. <laughs> Joel Osteen, pastor of America's largest mega church, immediately called up Kanye when he heard about the musician's newfound Christian faith and immense star appeal. Kanye was invited to a Sunday service at Lakewood Church meeting with Wes earlier this week. Osteen promised something really flashy that I know you will like. Lakewood Church is known to draw about 45,000 attendees every week, as well as tens of millions of viewers from home. Celebrities such as Oprah have been known to pop in from time to time to be encouraged with the positive words of affirmation (laughs) in attending wealth and a sure sign of God's blessing. Reportedly, Osteen showed Kanye his 17,000-square-foot, 10 million River Oaks mansion, his sports car, and his private jets. 
Jets and made several offers to Kanye that he should join Lakewood Church where all these things were possible for Kanye. None of this really impressed Kanye, however. Osing then had an idea. Let's head over to the church where there is a really great view. Reportedly, it was a very clear day as both men were able to see all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Eyewitnesses says, say that Osing made Kanye an offer to join Lakewood Church and all this would be yours. <laughs> to you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will, said Osing with a subtle hiss in his voice. If you will, just worship me and it will all be yours. At the publishing time, the nation's Christians were pleading that Kanye would make the right choice. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so, and, 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 yeah and that's kind of like the... Well, right now, it was just reported by TMZ, People Magazine, yeah. that Kanye West is yeah. going to Joel Osteen's church. Um, and a lot of people are a little concerned by the choice he made in going. Yes. But I, 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 I'm going to pose this question to you, our audience, and also to Abe. If Joel Osteen were to invite you to the church, would you go? Yes, and guess, I would. And guess what we would do? We would preach the gospel, the gospel, the true gospel. Right. Pull a Matt Chandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? The uh, code orange. And, y'all don't know about that. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, if you guys haven't heard Kanye lately, Kanye West, to so our worldwide audience, if you guys do know, I mean, he is a world romp. You know, he a musician well uh, before he came to Christ. Uh, but uh, it's kind of hilarious if you just kind of hear the interviews, what... Uh, Kanye has been saying just big cat theology, reform theology, just like all over the place with how mm -hmm. he's speaking. Um, but it's going to be interesting going to his church, what he says about these things. We'll, we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll, hopefully it comes out and we can kind of update that because, I mean, the Kanye West, with everything that he had, knew that, I mean, riches, fame. Yeah. Everything, cars, prosperity. Wind, if anybody had it, it was him. And he knew that none of that has made him happy. Mm -hmm. Actually, he's been on record saying that none of that matters. Yeah, he's he's found the truth. He was he said he was a dead man walking, and now he's alive. Right, right. Uh, because he came to know the the true God of the universe. Yeah. Again, this is a a man who is just uh um, new to the faith, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that we're going to see a lot of ups and downs, and hopefully the, the conversion conversion yeah, is a sanctification process is real, and there's a sanctification process, and um, and hopefully Christians are patient and pray for him mm -hmm. that this is a true conversion, and it is not something that it is uh, a false conversion, right? Or or or, or or what Jesus said in his parables uh, 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 of the seeds and the, the, the parable of the sower and the soils, that there are some that do look like us, um, but when everything starts falling apart, they leave the faith. We hope that's not the case. We hope that this is a true conversion. It makes an impact in the in 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 the church mm -hmm. that nobody is above saving. Yeah. Even Kanye West or even anybody. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's a great story and hopefully is. Yeah, it's supposed to be this Sunday, so we'll see. I'm, we'll, we'll I'm, see. I'm, I'm reserving my opinions until I actually see it. Yes. But I, I think it's you know if, if Kanye goes up there, uh, plays his album, mm. preaches the gospel uh, clearly, thoroughly. Yeah, awesome. So yes. 
Anyway, just thought it was an interesting topic, something to check out and yeah. uh, look forward to. Anyway, let's uh, go ahead and jump to the interview, right? Let's do it. Well, we have Troy Frazier and Joel Bordis. They are the co-host to the uh, Revived Thoughts podcast. And uh, Troy is a currently a children's and communications pastor living in Kansas City. Um, Joel is currently a missions videographer for BMW. I wonder if that's the car, the car, Abe. Is that the car? I don't know. And a deacon at his local church. Um, he is a graduate from Cal- Calvary Bible College. And, um, uh, and and also Troy. So thank you so much, Troy and Joel, for joining Bridge Radio for the first time. <laughs> yes, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. So yeah. what's the BMW for? Yeah, so yeah. let me know about that. <laughs> not, not to be confused with the car company. Yeah, it's actually, okay. yeah, Biblical Ministries Worldwide is a missions organization. Okay. There, there you go. Yeah. So, man, there goes, there goes the car. The yeah. car idea. Okay. I yeah. thought maybe BMW was doing some Christian ministry under. <laughs> that would be awesome. Right? If only. Yeah. yeah. Right. They, yeah, they, can, th- they can throw, throw it in a sev- uh, seven series in there so that we can drive around right. Right? <laughs> while we're doing ministry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Troll, uh, Tr- Troy and Joel, um, what is the story behind uh, Revive Thoughts? Uh, the you know when we first started communicating with with each other, um, I checked out y'all's website and I was like, wow, this is a really cool mm-hmm. ministry, cool yeah. podcast. I really like the idea and I want to bring you guys on. So um, yeah, just give us a little bit of the the story of how um, uh, what catalyzed uh, Revive Thoughts. Yeah, so Revive Thoughts is is a fun project that we've had for a while. It's a podcast that uh, takes old sermons from from years long ago, and we kind of recreate them. We have someone read them, and uh, we give a bit of backstory and setting to when that sermon was originally preached and delivered. And Troy and I have been close friends for a long time. We met in Bible college back in 2011 uh, and had we, we've stayed close friends since then. And we've, we've kind of both moved around and done different things. And sometime around, it's probably 2017 or so, may have been even earlier than that, maybe in 2016, but Troy was actually teaching in China with his family. Okay. And we would, we would, we would chat and, and, you know, still keep up to date. And he said, you know, I got this idea for a new podcast where uh, we, we take these old sermons. Cause you know, you think about it, you have almost 1900 years of Christian history, you know, of the church, of, of, of church history there that uh, we don't have available in modern day technology. People right. love listening to, to sermons on podcasts. I listen to a lot of sermon podcasts, you know, of, of right. just my favorite speakers and stuff like that. But there's so much of that. There's so many hundreds of years that uh, is, is almost becoming forgotten just because it's not available in the ways that we consume new material today. I was just going to say when uh, uh, Julio had uh, approached me and said, hey, man, check this out. Um, I was like, that's a really great idea. Uh I really like, I don't know who said it. You, You said that there's a quote on the website that says, old truth is being preached again to a new generation. And we wanted to know who said that. Uh, yeah, that was me. That comes from the great <laughs> philosopher Troy. No, we, we that's just a summary of the, that we put on the website. We thought it was a good way to describe it. It's the first thing you see when you hit the website, but that's yeah. not coming from um, Charles Spurgeon or any, any genius like that. The idea of the quote is just simply, there's all this truth out there, mm. and we accidentally limit ourselves. I, I, I did this for the longest time, too. I'm just as guilty. Like, I, I click my, my update. I... 
sermons are one of the most popular parts of iTunes, and you look at the top names, and they're maybe not always the most biblically uh, solid people, mm. but you know, you want the the newest, the best, most recent sermon. You don't want the one from like 2013. You want the one they did this week, right? Yeah. Right. And so we're always catching the new stuff. Something it just made us realize, though, what about all that stuff from before? Does that truth just get you know? irrelevant. I bought a book of Bonhoeffer sermons and read through them. And I didn't mean to, I thought it was a Bonhoeffer biography. So that was kind of embarrassing. I read the sermons. I was like, this will be okay. And Uh I realized these are really good. These sermons didn't lose their touch just because they're removed from us by 70, 80 years. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me realize, wait, we have a ton of other sermons we need to check out too. And I can tell you, we've done 25 so far, working hard to do more. Every single one of them, I just, I look at it and I go, wow, I can't believe how much of this is just absolutely relevant to my life right now, even though someone said it 200, right. 300, maybe 800 years ago. You know, uh, we've had uh, Trevin Wax on the show. If you guys don't know who he is, check him out. He said the best way to avoid new error is to love old truth. And I thought that is exactly what you guys with, with doing this and bringing the preachers of old to their voices to life yeah. um, was is awesome. We just we listen to our favorite pre- preachers, and I fall asleep to, to to uh, my favorite preachers. You know, I mean, I'll put on some. Not because it's boring. Not because it's boring. <laughs> it's just that I no, not at all. Uh, you know, I'll put on some uh, um, RC on, you know, or some MacArthur, some Piper, you know, right, um, and just fall Man. asleep. So yeah. I I totally understand, and we're going towards um, that direction. Our phone is this powerhouse, this tool where we just have so much information. And man, when I heard this, I was excited. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, I kind of see, because our ministry, Bridge Ministries, we are a uh, Reformed Christian bookstore, uh, teaching ministry. And then thirdly, we're kind of a a coffee shop. And uh, our our mission is very, very similar to you guys in that we are trying to reintroduce um, the preaching and teaching of old theologians and pastors back into the house, back into the church through their literature. And you guys are trying to do the audio uh, side of that. And I I really appreciate that lot but that that was one of the reasons I, I reached out to you and I, I you know i reached out to lots of people but i was like these guys i was looking at your website and stuff i was like these guys totally should get this they they seem like the kind of people who would absolutely we're doing a similar goal yeah, on we have very yeah. similar ideas yeah so so who who are some of you guys uh i guess heroes of the faith today and definitely of old i came out of a charismatic word of faith um, you know, the, the environment, tradition, and uh, I did. I couldn't. I my sense of church history was just nothing. I just. I don't. I don't. I, to be honest, I couldn't tell you where church history began. Who was who? Who were the great theologians? I thought Christianity was living today at its finest, and it's. And this. This is the time to be a Christian, and this is the time to preach. Um, so, with all that said, you know, I came to the reform, the reform tradition, and then that was a, a slap in the face to me when I read J.C. Ryle. So, just to pose yeah. the question again, I guess to you guys um, today and and back then, who who are some of y'all's favorite uh, heroes of the faith? Yeah, uh, I mean, so we, we cover a lot of people. We, we definitely have our favorites. As come, we, we find new people. I'd say probably the ones that that stuck with me the most. I really like Moody, D.L. Moody. Mm. Uh, I really like his his preaching style, kind of the way he thinks. I, it kind of meshes with. I I, I I can understand it pretty well. Right. Also, I, George Mueller and Hudson Taylor. Like when it comes to living by faith, like their their backstory and the way they preach and the way they talk about. Uh, the gospel and and putting your faith into works is 
it's incredibly humbling and it's very inspirational to see. Uh, yeah, I, I particularly like George Mueller. For me, if I can, man, that's tough. It's no, I, every single time we get a new sermon or a right. new speaker, I'm like, <laughs> he's my new favorite. Oh, no, this guy's my new favorite. So it's really hard. I love all of them. And I guess it's kind of like having kids. I have one kid I love or I had a second kid. I love both of them. And it's like, I don't have favorites, but if I had to choose a couple that were top of the line, JC Ryle mm. has really impressed me. Mm, I yes. had seen quotes by him and always just assumed these are nice quotes. Uh-huh. But, and that's kind of actually, honestly, you talked about not knowing church history at a time. We, Joel and I both went to Bible college. We both, I took church history class. Like I thought I knew church history because I knew kind of these broad moments where, oh, this revival took place here and, you know, the Reformation took place here. So I know church history. But when we started to study who each of these guys were, there was right. a whole new window of church. You know, yeah. I knew Spurgeon quotes, changer. but I didn't know the person <laughs> at all. Yeah. And it was the same with pretty much all these yeah. theologians. I wow. mean, even the big names, you think of like Spurgeon, like uh, how many people, I mean, every most people know who Spurgeon is. Most mm. people have seen Spurgeon quotes, you know, on Facebook or yeah. heard their pastor quote Spurgeon from the pulpit. But uh, you know, honestly, if I'm honest, before doing the show, I don't think I've ever, I, I had ever sat down and actually read a Spurgeon sermon. Mm. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's it's these things that we kind of assume we know a lot about. But like, once you actually sit down and, and look at what these people were doing and the things they were saying, it's it's incredibly different than, than yeah, our modern way of looking at things. Yeah, Hudson Taylor's another one, too. If you could look back and just look at one person's life that you probably think you know, but you may not know as well, I would say Hudson Taylor's a great person to do that. He landed in everyone knows he or should know and maybe you don't know but it, he uh, he was a missionary to china he yeah. lived by faith and that was the same but what a lot of people don't realize is when he arrived in china he arrived in 1850 which was the kickoff of the taiping rebellion mm-hmm. which is the fourth bloodiest event in all of human history it's it's up there with world war one two and uh and the so I mean, it, it, it's a civil war in China that is happening at the same time. It ends in 1865, so the same as the American Civil War. But whereas the American Civil War has, you know, about a, a couple million people die, this one has 30 million estimated die. I mean, it's just horrible what mm-hmm. happens there. He arrives there, and this whole thing is happening because this man says, I'm the brother of Jesus. And so imagine being a missionary in a country where an entire the entire country is at war against the brother of Jesus, and you're here to tell them about the other Jesus. I mean, there's just right. these moments in huh. all these people's lives where you're like, wow, I didn't know that. Jonathan Edwards, he was kicked out of his church. He was. Uh, there's yep. just so many of these different little moments in life where you're like, these guys lived incredible, so much suffering, too. Yeah. We were blown away how almost every single preacher we look up today lived a life that would just I mean, rock us if we had to go through it, I think. Right. Yeah, go, going back to, uh, you know, your, your introduction to some of these men, um, I remember I was going through a time in my life where I was being challenged to pray. And uh, I was looking at some books here at Bridge, and I had heard of J.C. Ryle before, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go pick up his his this little book called A Call to Prayer. I believe it's a sermon. Um, I read that thing, and I was, like, so convicted um, I mean, it was just shotgun blast after shotgun blast of conviction and chat. It's just the way to these men write um, in their way of thinking. Uh, it's it's so much different from today. Now, uh, you know, you walk into my to my room. I have a uh, J.C. Ryle Banner of Truth that that uh, collection there, and he's one <laughs> nice. of my favorite. Ever since picking up uh, a call mm-hmm. to prayer, yeah. and uh, it's a book I, I I definitely recommend people to read. And mm-hmm. hey, maybe hopefully 
hopefully on your podcast, uh, you guys could read that one through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our goal is to do kind of that thing, too, where somebody picks up one of these and they are inspired to take a look. So in our way, it's like, hey, we hope you listen to the sermon. We hope it motivates you to listen to other sermons by this person and maybe pick up some of their books and look into them. Right. It's kind of a real easy way to, to kind of get on board with a theologian that maybe you're not so sure about haven't taken the time to look into. Right, yeah. Um, a lot of our show, I mean, we, we of course we have, this is some big names from here to there. We'll, we'll have Martin Luther. We'll have Spurgeon. We'll have Calvin. Yeah. Right. Uh, but our hope is also to, you know, incorporate lesser known names in there too that maybe you've never heard of, or uh, maybe you wouldn't have thought to to listen to a sermon by that person or not. So to kind of broaden people's uh, horizons when it comes to uh, this, the, yeah, these speakers. And right. J.C. Rowell, I, he he is definitely one of the top. Of the line. I don't, I, I don't want to brag. If you if you're I, just a listener though, and you're like, which episode should I check out? You cannot go wrong with J.C. Rowell. We I don't think I think both of all four of us has talked him up, but he really is that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, who who reads you guys' yeah. um 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 you know the sermons through? Are do, do you guys open up to having anyone on the outside read it? Yeah, so it it, it is something that we kind of put out a, a public call for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the idea is to have someone else read. Uh, and the the episode each week it, it okay. kind of switches it up, makes it uh, a little bit interesting. You have a different reader each episode, so uh, everything from uh, a pastors out there that that want to contribute towards it to where we have had several listeners write in and that have read and and we published episodes that listeners submitted yeah. uh, that way as well. So right. we reach out to different podcast hosts sometime too. It really is just a, a project by volunteers. Um, right. We've had 25 sermons. We have 25 people who have done pretty much all of them. We have a couple repeats. So we have a pretty solid person doing our JC Riles and mm-hmm. our Dietrich Bonhoeffers and a couple of those. But for the most part, we are just taking volunteers and hoping through time we'll get one person for each speaker. And then that one person can kind of solidify as a voice in your head that you, when you think of that person, you're hearing that person's voice. Right. Like he feels real to you. Mm-hmm. But the like goal that. is not just to have Joel and me read each sermon because that that kind of takes away from it. Each week you're just hearing one of us. That's not the goal. And the other thing too is it's not we're not reading these sermons. I mean they're supposed to feel like you're being preached. Right. Yeah, some weeks it's better than that than others, but uh, generally speaking, we want them to feel like you're almost in the church again. You're in the pew and you're hearing it preached to you live as if it's in the other sermon on your podcast because that I feel like means more than just hearing sure. it read like an audio book. And, and, and here's the thing um, that you guys, you guys have done a really good job about that. When we're just listening, we were listening. That's exactly how I felt when I was listening that you had just taken me back in time and I felt that I was sitting in the pew and listening to the voices of old you guys, that's really awesome. That, yeah. that the, whoever's reading it, I, I I like the I like the idea. There's right. different people reading it. I mean, but you know, you know, you, it, it's like, yeah. I, I was I was just gonna say here on the mic, and I, I could reach out to him, but I would love because you know you know <laughs> yeah, you Phil Johnson. It. Phil Johnson loves Spurgeon. Yeah, he lo- and I, <laughs> yeah. I'll try to reach out to him and see if he would do a Spurgeon reading. Yeah, that would be. Um, and I think John Sampson. I don't know if you know who John Sampson is. He's a pastor out in Arizona. Um, he has an amazing um, uh, British accent, yeah, he's, and uh, he, he's great pastor. Yeah. And I would love for him to do some do some readings for you guys. <laughs> yeah, he, he has, we would love to have. Yeah, them. he yeah, has. Put, you send us a list of names, and we will, or you we'll reach out up, to him. Yeah. I pro- we've done it. It's not. This would not be the first time we've done an interview where we got some speakers out of it for us. That's one thing. Honestly, kind of keeps. I want to say. I mean, it keeps us a little humble. Like most podcasts, you're kind of running the show, and you have this and that going on. For us, we literally are dependent on a volunteer here to make each sermon and we've had episodes come in 
hours before, I mean, literally the night before <laughs> where it was like the Lord provided it right when we needed it. Cause that sermon, if it hadn't come in, there wouldn't have been a show. So for right. us, like we're, we feel really blessed and grateful for all these people who've come in. But if you had accents, that's really great too, because we have, we have a person in Britain recruiting people for us because she's like, here's the thing. I love your show so much, but all these American accents on yes. all these Scottish and British yeah. reformers is killing me. So I'm going to get you some speakers. <laughs> I, that's awesome. Here it is guys. We'll, we'll, let's make a call here. We have a huge Australian uh, uh, audience right, and a world. Okay. So for we have our, some listeners in Ireland, in Ireland, in yeah, yeah, we step do. up so, to the plate and so, help out a ministry. That's right. For our, that's at gmail.com. Or Facebook us, Instagram us, Twitter us. If you shoot me a letter in the mail, I will respond to it with a sermon. So get it, get it to us, guys. Yeah. Right. We, so to our worldwide audience, uh, there you go. Please, Lawrence from Ireland. Yeah, Lawrence. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> because so. in our, I mean, in our mind, you know, there's 1900 years worth of sermons. It's not that we have a lack of material. It's that we have a lack of people jumping in. There are so many, and we're talking big names like Spurgeon and, you know, Jonathan Edwards, but there are so many little guys who they're not little. They're just as much in the kingdom of God, but maybe they're not as famous, but their sermons are packing truth. And we're trying to get those out too. Right. Wow. Well, I could I can tell you right here uh, for the record, if you guys find an an American um what is it, you know, anybody who you guys haven't done, I would be more than willing to do a sermon or two. So, <laughs> all right. We will definitely have it. I don't hold you to it. I don't know. Spanish dudes, I don't know. I'm like Well, I have a pretty American. I look I, I, I look as as Mexican or as Hispanic yeah. as possible, but uh, my uh my accent is is I, I believe 100% American, I will, so. Yeah. And I will say this, we've gotten pretty forgiving toward because all of our accents are American. I yeah. mean, we We've uh, we have we have had people who are uh, you know more Spanish sounding accents who are doing right. very solidly American preachers yeah, and we have a Canadian Chris system coming down the pipe so you know <laughs> you just gotta kind of roll with it to a degree right yeah. right um, so why why do you feel Christians today need to hear the sermons of the great Christian preachers and teachers of old the thing we were thinking is. Uh, those resources we have that, you know, we talked about the newest sermons a little earlier. Those are super good. That's a great resource. This is also just another resource. And when you, we kind of call it a bubble. Most of us, be honest, most of the preachers we're listening to are from the West and they are lived in this era and they, you know, they're around the same 50 years or so. And that is wonderful and fantastic. One of the really good things that I always say is like, we use the same language. Like when we say evangelism, we may mean different methods, but we generally speaking have a very similar definition. Like we, so that in that area, there's a lot of really good to keeping with people who all speak the same way. The problem is because we all kind of speak the same way, we all think similarly having a very similar background, we all can relate to each other, but there are giant holes that show up because these guys all listen to each other as well. If you ever listen to a pastor regularly, he'll start to say the people he met at conferences, and they're kind of all in the same circle. So if there's one hole that one of them has, there's a good chance they may all have that same missing gap in their thinking, their theology, their whatever. And that mm. and I think all of us as humans are imperfect. We all have parts where we're missing something. Yeah. So history is a great way to interject and to get some perspective that you couldn't otherwise get and see things from it. You know, maybe we're missing something that the people in the 1700s absolutely had, the 1600s absolutely mm. had. By listening to their sermons, we can draw from their wisdom and draw from today's wisdom and get a more complete picture of God. There's also, and I, and I mean this in love, I always say it. I always feel kind of mean saying it, so I, I try to really sandwich it out there. But sure. if you're from United States of America and 21st century, uh, you've had more than likely a semi 
nice existence. Like you mm. may have gone through some drugs. You may have got there. I'm not saying your life was perfect, right? But I'm saying you probably didn't live through the Black Plague, mm. and you probably mm. didn't see your friends burned by the Catholic Church, yeah. And you yeah. probably weren't ever living, um, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in a log cabin, completely on your. I mean, these things just didn't happen to you because you had a different set of experiences. A lot of our pastors did. A lot of our pastors saw wars. I mean, D.L. Moody was going around the Civil War he with was. the troops. Jay Gresham Machen was going around World War One as a volunteer, right up on the front lines. These guys went and did these things that we can't we can't do them today. But their experiences helped, uh, you know, help mold their faith in God. And we can hear from that experience that we just aren't going to have today. Right. Again, Hudson Taylor going to the Taiping Rebellion. He learned stuff about God that we can only hear from him. We mm. can't do it ourselves. Yeah, and it's, it says that, so. It's not that there's anything wrong with modern day speakers. And again, we we love listening to modern day speakers. It's just uh, from generations. In the past, that we we can see things that our just current generation just doesn't see as well. And there's things, of course, that we could give back to them, except they're dead. So we're just going to have to take it from them and just enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, 300 years from now, when there's a podcast that covers sermons from our generation, like it will, <laughs> will right. contribute towards towards yeah. their way of thinking as well. Is there is there a cutoff as far as the time of who you bring on as far as history? Like the 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 main kind of premise behind the show is is making digitally accessible versions of these sermons that that have not previously been available through mm. through audio forms. So I, I think Bonhoeffer is probably our most recent one. Okay. Anything mm. past that era, like once you get into the, the late 40s into the 50s, um, you can typically start to find audio recordings of these speakers. Right. So uh, it's, it's it, again, we're trying to target these pre-audio, uh, uh, you know, pre-audio recording eras yeah, yeah, yeah. we've had multiple times in like the comment section or people talk to us like yeah you should really do some dr martin lloyd jones sermons and we're like well the thing is you can listen to him and yeah. you don't need us to cover that because yeah. why why listen to somebody recreate a sermon when you can listen to the original and i revert yeah. so if it's if there's an original copy out there you can hear the author himself i think the author himself is always who you should go to but in the case from, a, I mean, audio wasn't really available and there weren't a lot of recordings out there until about 1900 or so. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everything below 1900 is fair game. And people who lived in other countries where recordings might not be as available, they're also a fair game to us. But our goal is to get people who you can't listen to. If, you know, they're an old radio evangelist or something like that, you can go listen to them yourself and we're not going to really get too involved with that. Yeah, that's awesome. I just, I just wanted to, I just want to know in our audience. So, so they don't flood your comments from our side and say, Hey, right. There's anything wrong yeah. with, with modern day recordings. No, we it's think just, they're great. Yeah, we think they're great. We just like to, we, our, our drive is to kind of, again, kind of make something that wasn't accessible more accessible now. Yeah, I know there there are some recordings like up on YouTube that people will do just, you know, at their house. But I think the downside sure. of having it on YouTube is that, um, especially when you're driving, it's not easily accessible. It's kind of awkward to have that app open. And then if you close it, it shuts off. But for you guys, it's it's... It's done professionally. It's on one one uh, website or on one app and or one, on one podcast platform, yeah. and I, I think that's that's perfect. Um, uh, one thing that you guys just brought up right now was um, you know getting a, pr a proper perspective of these men and, and their lives. Uh, one that I could um, I kind of want to talk about a little bit was even John Knox. You said like some of these men, you know, you didn't have the experience of you know having the fear of getting burned 
you know, by Rome. And, uh, you know, you read John Knox's writings, and we kind of have a joke here at, at the ministry, like, hey, calm down, John Knox, when you're getting a little bit heated. Um, <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy's very fiery in his sermons and his preaching and his writing, and, and the man was uh, rightfully a little paranoid uh, anytime he, you know, sure, yeah. um, saw Rome starting to rise or saw Roman Catholicism, he, he would get scared. He saw his friends die, uh, burned at the stake. And yeah. He said some things that, you know, might have come out but uh, he came out with an axe not a dagger but um in you know to, to our time it's like why would he say that you know he's a, a, a misogynist you know whatever 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 so on but yeah. um um yeah I, I i want you guys to talk a little bit about that um you know especially jc ryle you guys have been talking a little bit about done some episodes on jc ryle um how was his life like what makes his life great is just um the, the most recent episode we talked about uh what i called his hustle i don't know if you guys have heard that term in the internet they're always gotta yes. be hustling gotta right. be doing stuff getting yeah. getting numbers out there he was kind of uh he didn't actually originally plan to be a preacher he originally had plans to basically take over his family his father's business mm -hmm. and um he wasn't even originally you know much of a christian he went to church one day heard one verse and was completely converted that's how the story goes we actually went through that and said true and also, there were several layers of background, things that happened that you could see God was moving him in that direction the whole time. So yeah, it was a conversion right on the spot. He heard a verse, and he said, I got to give my life to God. And also, there were many layers of things happening that led to that moment. He ha hears this verse, gives his life to Christ, still plans to take over his father's business. No big deal, right? Except his father goes bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And he said it was literally the darkest day of his life. He woke up with every the world was fine, everything was good. He went to bed, and they had nothing. So mm -hmm. his dad basically says, go into ministry. You need a job you'll get paid as a minister. He's not the first one, by the way. George Mueller, also, his dad pretty much was like, hey, you're kind of a skeevy kid. Um, you're off to trouble on the shady streets. Why don't you go become a minister? Hmm. That way you can always have a steady, you know, steady paying gig because ministers always get paid. Huh. And uh, so it's something that happens throughout history sometimes where our great preachers come from these people who originally just were like, I need to put some food in my mouth. And that's what <laughs> J.C. Ryle does. But once he gets going, he becomes very passionate very serious about his his goal and he in the background i say background because it would be 10 or 15 years before his first sermon ever gets published and yet he was getting them already printing them getting copies getting them ready ready for publishing for years right. working without anyone really knowing that was happening knowing his name knowing who he was once his tracks and stuff got going and he started putting those sermons out there it really took off it looks like whoa you know if you didn't know it'd be like a band like oh this new song is great but that guy had been working on that song for 10 years he right. was ready for that moment and i really and and the sermon we picked from him was called the christian race where you mm -hmm. just are running in this lane and it really made me think about how you don't just get up one day and run a marathon you train and train and train and then one day you show up at the race and you run you do really well everyone's like look at that runner but mm -hmm. they didn't see the years of practice it took to become that runner and the same way so many of these preachers put years and years and you talked about john knox who by the way most confusing life story i mean we read through it multiple times we're like wait so now it's this queen who wants to kill him no now he's over here what? right but he had a very confusing story but there is that personal element where he was seeing his friends be killed and we 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 look through history we judge it i remember talking to a friend one time explaining some stuff i was mentioning george whitfield and i didn't and at one point i was like you know and he, he did help bring slavery to georgia and the guy was like i'm glad you mentioned that most people would never even think to bring that up and i was like mm -hmm. it's true most people wouldn't. Most people also wouldn't know that George Whitfield had an orphanage. Most people don't know anything about any of these people. They yeah. don't have any clue about history. So, yeah, they don't know the negatives. They don't know the positives. They just don't know 
anything. We're so historically mm-hmm. ignorant, especially preachers. Preachers paid such a huge role through history. Think of how many leaders went to church. Just imagine what they learned. And yet I find that the study of preacher history is actually really not a huge field of research sure. done there. And so huh. we we at the beginning of each episode put five to ten minutes of the story of the preacher we're working with just yeah. to kind of help give the context. And also, and I just want to put this out there real quick too, some of you guys have probably been listening and thinking, okay, old sermons sounds fun. That's going to be a lot of work to listen to that. I would like to say we do update the sermons and get the modern English Kind of update the, the language of them mm, so that's not awesome. all in the, the king's English. There's no these yeah, or those most of the time. we Some parts will leave the same, parts will change, but it is a lot more easy to listen to. So in case you've been kind of like thinking, I don't think I'm going to listen sure. to that. I just <laughs> want to clarify and let you know that makes it a little easier. Your website says that we read their books today, but what they what did they tell their congregation? What do you believe in the sermon that is not found in the books that benefits the Christians today? I feel like there's a difference between the book, and sometimes the books are based off the sermon. You know, sometimes they come with a, a point and they think it through, and then they write a book on that. Absolutely happens. Sometimes that's the way it is. But a lot of times, your sermon, when you're you're a pastor, you're preaching every Sunday, you're bringing your practical know-how and your day-to-day life experience to the table. Mm-hmm. You're telling your church how to live. You're looking at the faces of your congregation, and you're, you know these faces. You're familiar with them. And so you're telling them like things that they need to hear to live their life in holiness. And it's not that you don't do that in a book as well, but there's a personal element to mm-hmm. these sermons, I think, that gets lost. And you also tend to hear more personal life stories, I think. When you're reading a theology textbook, those are fantastic and have their place, but there's a lot more places for the pastor to interject a story, something they knew from their own life. So you really get to the end of some of these sermons and you feel like you really know this person, Mm -hmm. or you'll be like, you'll be amazed at how much you're like, wow, Charles Spurgeon, one of the most famous preachers of all, but I feel like I really relate to him because Mm -hmm. of that story that he mentioned. And some of these are, I, I mean, a lot of the sermons we picked are pulled right from the pulpit like they're they're part of of what they would have been it, it is a sermon that they preached on a sunday morning and mm-hmm. so a lot of the times it they're mentioning you know current events that are going on there's there's context and setting to what was going on in that country in that city on that sunday type of thing uh in ways that i i just personally find really fascinating and to see how they react to their environments and to their situation, mm-hmm. you know, in, in kind of contrast to how we inve- you know, interact with our city and, you know, our environments right. uh, is, is oftentimes some interesting commentary on their attitude towards how, how it, what's the best Christ-like way to be handling what's going on in their, in their city or town at that moment. Yeah, I think a great example is uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's sermon uh, where he basically uh, it's the week after Nazis marched through Germany and they are carrying torches and they're saying, make Hitler, you know, the guy who runs Germany. Mm-hmm. And they get in this huge brawl with the brown shirts, with the communists, there's blood everywhere. It's a big mess, right? That happens on Friday. People show up to church on Sunday. They're scared. I mean, wouldn't you be scared? Yeah. And if you, we, we actually went through the news of that time period. We checked out what was happening in other countries mm. and world war two had just kicked off in Asia at the time. Like Japan had just attacked China. Okay. Uh, Russia had basically like b- a bunch of Soviet communists up. Two different leaders were like assassinated. It was a crazy couple weeks. Right. Then you have on Friday, this March, then on Sunday, Dietrich Bonhoeffer gets up and I don't know about you, but I mean, I would want, I, 
if it were me, I'd be like, guys, it's going crazy. It, this sure. is terrible. The yeah. world is coming to an end. And yeah. he just gets up there and goes, why, why are we afraid? Like, Jesus mm. is in the boat, guys. The storm's <laughs> going to be calm. Calm down. Yeah. We're going to be okay. If you feel afraid right now, you have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. It's oh. an amazing thing. And it's, it, it, you appreciate it so much more when you know what led to that point. Mm. If you guys had to describe one word uh, when listening to your podcast in the sermon part, what would it be? One word. Just one word. Is that, is that, do we need maybe a little bit? Cause no, I can do this. Let's see. <laughs> I just threw that out there for our audience. This is edutainment. No. <laughs> yeah. Edu- yeah. Discovery. I think if sure. I had to pick a yeah. word discovery, I feel like I constantly am discovering new things because of it. Mm-hmm. That's so that, good. That is good. Well, I, I hope our audience, uh, you know, listening to this, please uh, share revive thoughts yeah. to uh, to your family, your friends, your cats and dogs, as I always say <laughs> on the program. <laughs> um, share it with everybody. Yeah. I, I really feel like, I mean, Abe and I have talked about this. Today, the internet, social media, audio, the fact that we could get a microphone mm. and talk through it, and through that means we could get the gospel out or preaching and sound teaching yeah. to millions, thousands of people yeah. um, is something that we really need to get behind, especially mm. since we have brothers um, like like Joel and and, and, and uh, I mean sorry yeah jo- Joel Joel and Troy uh, doing something like this. Get yeah. behind them, um, you know. Record uh, one of the audios, message them, um, you know, share their podcast. I think what they're doing is is excellent and and very 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 much needed. Yeah, and 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 we always say this to our worldwide audience and Troy and Joel, just to let you guys know, we didn't when we started off with this podcast, we didn't we just thought this is going to be something <laughs> local. Uh, yeah. Un, un, until yeah. Julio started uh, tracking our listeners and 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 then we just started getting this like really f- a, a small group of following in Australia, which is like grew bigger, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's awesome and. And, and it is humbling because it is. It's, this is not our work, you know. Uh, God, mm-hmm. God has allowed us to do this uh, for His glory, not for ours. And and all praise goes to Him. And for our listener, please, if you guys stand, uh, go listen to Troy and Joel's podcast. Stand behind these guys. Uh, it's really just really good stuff what they're doing with their podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, um, we're going to go ahead and land the plane for the podcast, but mm-hmm. before uh, we do that, we always allow our guest, mm-hmm. uh, rather Troy or Joel, uh, you know, whoever wants to pick it up, but uh, we know talking about uh, old sermons of the past is mm-hmm. great, but we know it's the declaration of the Gospels which yes. draws people to saving faith. So um, I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor and ask the question, what is the Gospel? The Gospel. uh God made this whole universe. He made everything in it. He made all of history, every single piece and part of it. And he made us as humans, but we rebelled against him. You can find it in the word of God in Genesis. Since the fall, since Adam took a delightful bite of the fruit, we have all been in sin, every single one of us. But God did not leave us in that sin. He sent his son to die for us, to make a way, to pay the price for holiness, but also to show his love for the world. And any who believe, any who come to know the Lord, any who come to know Jesus Christ will be changed forever and they will have a relationship with the Father, with God again. It is sad that it took the price of his son to do that, but because of that price that was paid, we can know and fully believe. And we find this in his evidence, evidenced in his scripture. We know that someday he is coming back. Um, I know for me personally, he has done a huge work in my life. I, mm-hmm. I look at where I was 10 to 15 years from now ago, and I, I can't believe 
just how much he has changed my priorities, how much he has changed my life, how much he has changed who mm-hmm. I am from a personality statement. I just, I am nothing like the person I thought I was 15 years ago. And I, Lord willing, will be nothing like the person I am today in 15 years. I'll have moved even further down the track and run the Christian race even a little bit better. Oh, Amen. that sanctification process is amazing. Isn't <laughs> yeah, that's the part. I always go, okay, I could kind of see how God would want to save his creation that I can, I, I know that's the part we're not supposed to get, but I'm like, he made us. So I get why he'd want to save his creation. It blows me away that he wants to spend every day, every minute in relationship with us. I would get tired of me. And so I'm just really <laughs> glad we have a God that goes, hey, you messed up for the 49,000th time today. But yeah. we're going to get back together and get back in a relationship again and get you back on the path. Amen. Amen. Well, that is the gospel. Um, if you guys want to drop a plug here, go ahead and do it. Where yes. can our audience find you at and how can they share the uh, your podcast? Yeah, uh, just search for us on any podcast app, Revive Thoughts. Uh, You can also find us on our website at revivethoughts.com. On our website, we transcribe all of our episodes. So if you want to scroll through and find a a quick part of the sermon to kind of reference and uh, look at, that's sometimes easier than scrubbing through the audio of the episode. Uh, you can also email us at revivethoughts at gmail.com. Yeah, especially if you want to be a speaker. And we just want to say, too, thank you guys so much for having us on. This was a really fun, good interview. And we really appreciate it. You guys are great interview uh, hosts. And so we're really thankful to have been on and gotten this chance to talk with you guys and speak to your audience a little bit. Yeah, oh, well, yeah it was a pleasure man. having you. Yeah, it was exciting, man. All for the kingdom. No, it was great. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. Man, I really love those brothers in Christ. Yeah. They have a excellent ministry, has a lot of potential. Um, I love hearing, I love reading sermons. Now yeah. I get to hear some. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I, I really hope they uh, they grow. Please mm-hmm. keep them in prayer. Yes. And, uh, you know, just like we had um, uh, Andy on from yeah. uh, Gospel Track Planet. That's right. I love his ministry. I think he's doing awesome. And we had him on to do an interview and, and people know about Gospel Track Planet. That's right. Uh, so we're doing it also with uh, Revive Thoughts. So. And, and again, guys, this is all about the teamwork. King, teamwork kingdom. We're all one in Christ. Yeah. Uh, this is not about competition. No. Uh, who has a better podcast or just, I mean, this is all for. We're a uh, free market, we're baby. We're a free market. And <laughs> this is all for God's glory. And however we can help out anybody, just like people have helped us, us out. out. Yeah. Um, you know, this is all for his glory. This right. is not right, about right. propping us or bridged. You know, it's about furthering his kingdom. Amen. And, then, and then we hope that somebody might get encouraged to pick up a book or a book that we send them and, and they might listen to sermon and go reach yeah. out and, and they might come to know the true God of this universe. Yeah. Right. And, and, and be saved. And, and, Amen. and, and that's all what we want to do. And, you know, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is a wrap for episode 106, and I always end it with one question. What is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own but belong, body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ? And we'll see you on the next episode. Later. Later. Later.